0: Hey, this is, that's right, the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, and welcome to the late night, Saturday night, late night, turn back the clock edition of our podcast. We are part of the Fanatical L's Network and part of Fans First Sports Network, and yes, the Brownies have a big game tomorrow, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, down at Cleveland Browns Stadium as they Will host the Arizona Cardinals. The once very good Arizona Cardinals have fallen on hard times and are now one and seven. They will be starting their um, next rookie quarterback, uh, last name Tune, and uh, kid play with the Houston Rockets. No, I'm the Houston um, Cougars. Houston uh, uh, Cougars used to have a really good uh, basketball team back in the day. You guys remember them? The Houston Cougars, Ralph Sampson, Akeem, Elijah Wan. we the, um, were some great teams back then. Um, so now the Browns will be playing the Cardinals with this new rookie quarterback, And we'll get, we'll uh, look at that a little bit in more detail probably after our our initial break here on the show. But it is turn back the clock tonight, by the way. If you are watching the show uh, on YouTube or on the X on Facebook, thank you for tuning in and watching. Don't forget to turn back that clock tonight. Yes, you get that extra hour of sleep. Oh, yes, we all enjoy that moment in time every year come november that we get to turn back the clock so enjoy it um not sure how much longer this is going to last you know there's been a lot of discussion of what we want to do with daylight savings time and blah 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 and they've had uh, things in the the congress the senate all these things trying to pass these bills that maybe we'll do away with all of this so we'll see but um for now you get that extra hour of sleep. So starting tomorrow night, the sun will be down about 5 o'clock. Or should I say noon? <laughs> and uh, we'll all be wanting to go to bed by uh, 5.30. Um, but turning back the clock, you know, I, I the reason it's kind of, you know, we're talking about this concept and this idea. Uh, I talked about this on the Fanatical L's Network the other night with my co host steve gill and we were talking about rod bloom's uh, fantastic article if you haven't had a chance to read his article on fans first um, sports network on their website which we're part of or you can just go to the x and uh, click on his article if you follow rod bloom um, rod wrote an article as if the, the Cleveland Browns of 1986, yes, that great team with Bernie Kosar, the running back tandem, Kevin Mack, Webster Slaughter, their coach Marty Schottenheimer. He wrote it as if that team was living in this day and era where there was Twitter, there was Facebook, and all the fans like we do today in real time with Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson were being criticized Uh, left and right by fans and social media where everyone has an opinion and everyone can get their opinion out there in a a moment's notice. And so we all know how you feel because what you say is more important than what, and what you believe is most important than anybody else's opinion. Uh, And your opinion is right. And everyone else's opinion is wrong. That's kind of where we where we are with social media. So it was very, a very unique take uh, looking back at uh, the history of the Browns and showing an example of one moment in time where the Browns had a very good team back that 80, 1986 season and just how, he, how Rod showcased that in his writing and, and being the coach and Bernie Kosar being wanted being uh, by the fans wanting to be run out of town um, after one or two weeks into the season. I do believe that year in 86, the Browns started off like one and two maybe. And uh, it's just funny how, how we are today uh, today's society and what we do and social media is so intense. And um it's tough. I mean, I, it's uh, definitely different now. Uh, But for us fans who are older and I'm, you know, in my fifties now, and looking back at that 86 season, you know, you talk about turning back the clock for many of us fans who are in our forties and early fifties and sixties, that, that game, that uh, season of 86 and specifically that game at the end of the season, when they played the New York jets, to propel them into the AFC championship game against the Denver Broncos has to be, for many of us, as one of the highlights of our youth and remembering those great teams of that era. That game in 86 against the Jets was the first playoff win for the Browns. I I, want to go back and say it was 25 or 30 years Prior to that, back into the 60s at some point when the Browns last won a playoff game. So how they came about winning that game, they won the game in double overtime in dramatic fashion. It's just crazy. That game was one where Bernie Kosar was not at his best. We all look back at Bernie and think that he was this brilliant quarterback. And to be quite honest, Bernie did a lot of things that were were not very good. He turned the ball over a lot. He threw a lot of interceptions. And even in that game against the Jets, he was throwing interceptions. And even at the end of the game, before the overtime, he almost threw an interception that would have lost the game for the team in regulation that a lot of people seem to forget. But the Jets defender, cornerback, dropped a potential interception. And history would have had to be reworked and rewritten <laughs> if that had happened, but it didn't. The Browns rallied. Uh, they were down late in that game. I think it was, I want to say it was like 21 to 10, something crazy with like um, what four or five minutes left in the game. I remember Brian Brennan catching a dramatic pass toward the end I was in. It was at there at the stadium that that day. I was sixteen, seventeen years old, there with some of my friends from high school, and um, the Browns carried it into overtime. Both the Jets and the Browns had opportunities to win that game in overtime with field goals, and both teams missed. If you can just imagine what social media and Twitter would have looked like today if that was happening in real time and those, the Browns kicker misses the field goal to potentially take the Browns further into the playoffs. And then they get to the double overtime and it wasn't until the very end. Mark Mosley, I believe he was um he was a straight on kicker for the team. And he finally put the game away with this dramatic field goal, the last closing seconds of the second overtime. And, Bedlam! It was pandemonium in Cleveland Brown Stadium. Something I will never, ever forget, and many of us uh, will always cherish that moment. I just remember jumping up for joy, and people just all around us in the stadium just high fiving and hugging each other because Browns fans hadn't experienced that um, in that in that time. For so many years, it kind of takes you back to the night, uh, to the 2020 season. You know, you think back just a few seasons ago when Kevin Stefanski started with the Cleveland Browns. That's right. Back in 2020 during the COVID year. What a great moment that was for the Browns to uh, get back to the playoffs after such a long drought. And um, in that moment, remember, the Browns had to beat Pittsburgh in, the, in their closing game at home. And they did. Baker Mayfield, to his credit and to Kareem Hunt, um, had a great block that allowed Baker to get that first down and gave the Browns the opportunity to go to the playoffs. And they topped that off by beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at Pittsburgh uh, the following weekend while Kevin Stefanski uh, hung out down in his basement. You know, I've talked about that, even that concept about, you know, Kevin wasn't there on the field. And I don't know if that would have changed some of the people's perspective of what they think of Kevin Stefanski today. But there have been so many great memories of Brown's uh, past seasons and past great games. Obviously, we can talk about some of the dreadful experiences. You know, it was a week later in that 86 season after that Jets win that they lose to the Denver Broncos in just horrible fashion, giving up that – Horrible 98 yard drive to Buck, uh, to horse teeth John Elway, um, who I still despise and, um, loathe as most of you Browns fans do. So, you know, there are those moments. It was funny too, you know, you think back. Look back at the nineteen what eighty nine season, um, 90 season when the Browns went to the playoffs and they had to beat a up and coming Buffalo Bills team. Many of you remember Clay Matthews intercepting the pass at the end zone. Quite frankly, the Browns should have lost that game to the bills. Uh, the bills wide receiver dropped a, a potential go ahead touchdown in the closing seconds of that playoff game. I remember I was there in that game too, in that same end zone and saw the drop. Couldn't believe it. The Browns followed that up with that dramatic interception by Clay Matthews that, that took them to the next stage in the playoffs where they lost again to the Denver Broncos. Um, It was only a year later that the Browns had to play the Denver or uh, the Buffalo bills. And they were crushed um, at home. And uh, during the regular season, and that started kind of uh, the Buffalo Bills' four straight appearances in the Super Bowl. You talk about a team that's um, got, you know, kind of unlucky. The Buffalo Bills, they got to the Super Bowl four straight years and could never win it. I don't know if I'd like that. You know, Browns fans always talk about like, just getting to a Super Bowl, which honestly would be fa- a fantastic feeling. But I don't know if I'd rather. You know, get to the Super Bowl and then lose it four straight years in a row. I think that would just be like the worst. So, but let's get to the Super Bowl just one time first, okay? Um, We're going to pause for uh, a break. This is the Johnny Cleveland podcast, and we we'll, we will be right back. We are back. Yes, that's. We are the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, and this is your turn back the clock edition. Yes, don't forget, folks, to turn back your clock tonight. You get an extra hour of sleep. Hope you uh, rise and shine tomorrow with greater enthusiasm and ready to watch the Browns take on the Arizona Cardinals and get that important victory that we all hope and pray that they get. Now, it's a little concerning that the Browns are an and half point favorite based on Vegas odds going into this game. Mm, I don't like it when those when we're favored by so much because we as Browns fans know that that's really not likely. <laughs> now, it is different this year, the fact that the Browns do have two games, the Cincinnati Bengals game and the Tennessee Titans game, where they really did control from start to finish, and neither one of those games was uh, a, a real na- nail-biter to the end, which which is good. But the Browns have also had a series of nail biters, including last weekend's uh, just awful defeat to the Seattle Seahawks. Some people might say, well, it wasn't awful, you know, and the game doesn't really count toward the AFC North standings and blah, 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 blah. But it, it should count. (laughs) It should count because the Browns had a golden opportunity to win in Seattle for the first time since 1989. And, that streak has to be broken at some point. It could have been last Sunday, but we didn't, the the Browns didn't do enough to win that game. Now I wrote a couple articles today, one for Cleveland sports talk and one for Northeast Ohio sports insiders. And the one on Northeast uh, Ohio sports insiders, I really uh, concentrated on how the, the Browns defense that has been acclaimed as being so great, really has been crap over especially the last three uh games and honestly if you look at the whole season um they haven't played great as a whole and the last three games it's been especially disturbing because what we're seeing is a pattern of a team that like last week, they allowed Seattle to get off to a hot start. They got up fourteen to nothing, uh, scored on their next possession, made it after the Browns got their touchdown. So it was seventeen to seven. Finally, the Browns defense started shutting them down, giving them th- threes and outs, and and all of that. And they did that for the majority of the rest of the game. That's a but. The pattern continued as it had the previous two weeks. Where the Browns had the lead, had it in control. Now the offense turned the ball over with just two minutes to go in the game. There's been a lot uh, discussed in this on this topic because uh, many of you um, are still pissed off with Kevin Stefanski and think that he made the wrong move by calling for a thir- on a third down and three play for him, the P.J. Walker to th- throw a pass. Well, that pass unfortunately was deflected by a Seattle Seahawks helmet and was intercepted by the Seahawks. Now, what people seem to kind of not pay attention to or not want to talk about is the fact that the Browns defense had an opportunity to just stop the Seahawks right there and then. Yes, I know there was some momentum from the interception. Yes, I, I get that. But it was a moment in time when the Browns defense, once again, failed miserably. They failed. They screwed up. They didn't do anything to stop them. They the Seattle Seahawks scored a touchdown in 5 plays, even though Seattle took over at their own 43-yard line. That's right. It wasn't the Browns 43-yard line, it was the Seattle Seahawks 43-yard line. But the Browns players decided to forget how to tackle and allowed Seattle to move down the field without any sort of obstacle. So that's A problem and the week before that the Browns played the Colts I talked about this in the article Browns had took a lead 33 to 31 five minutes to go in the game what did the Browns do oh that's right they give up a huge 75 yard pass play and lose that or look like they're going to lose it and miraculously the Browns offense And PJ Walker came back and helped win that game the week before against the 49ers. The Browns defense shuts them the 49ers out for a good chunk of the game. I think they only gave up 70 to 80 yards of total offense between the first series and the last series in that game for the 49ers. And yet, that last series for the 49ers, they were able to work their way down the field 40 or 50 yards, no problem, no confrontations, and had a 40-yard make a very makeable kick that was missed by their kicker, which gave the Browns the victory. These things cannot continue to happen on, in this, on this team. They just can't. And they keep happening. The other startling thing to this whole thing with the Browns, in addition to just this defense that is playing really crappy in big moments Is look at the takeover or the takeaways and the giveaways that this Browns team has. Right now, the Browns lead the league in giveaways. You know how many they have so far? Through what, seven games? They have 17. That's right. You heard me right. They have given the ball away. 17 times. I believe it's 11 interceptions and six fumbles. Now, some of you will clamor up and you'll say, oh, that's because of P.J. Walker. Um, Okay, just stop it. The Browns are not taking care of the football, and that's not just on P.J. Walker. That's on all the players on the team. That's on Deshaun Watson, who has his uh, errors and other players that are fumbling and bumbling the ball. 17 giveaways. They are a minus, I want to say, a minus N right now in the turnover-takeaway area. That's not good. You go back to 2020, when the Browns made the playoffs, they only gave the ball away 16 times all season long. 16. This season, through seven games, they've given the ball away 17 times Um, newsflash. That's a problem. And Browns fans, if you're paying attention and you should be paying attention to this uh, area, that is an issue. And hopefully that Jim Schwartz, Kevin Stefanski and the rest of the coaching staff figures this out because this Browns team needs to learn how to protect the damn football. That's a big problem. And that's something that's going to uh, have to get corrected quickly. Tomorrow against the Arizona Cardinals, our colleague Sam down there in Arizona or down there in Dallas, Texas, reminded us all on his podcast, the Browns Breakdowns, that yes, the Cardinals, one win came against, that's right, the Dallas Cowboys, the really good Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah, the team that won last week, the team that's in first place. Yes, that's the Cardinals' one lone win. If the Arizona Cardinals can beat the Dallas Cowboys, they can certainly come into Cleveland and beat the Browns. They can beat them. There have been several times that the Cardinals have come to Cleveland in recent seasons and taken it to our Cleveland Browns. I was at the few years back when Kyle Murray came in. Yes, those Arizona Cardinals teams of the past were a little bit better. A lot better, (laughs) but they rolled over our Brownies. Now, I'm not saying the Cardinals have any opportunity to roll over the team, but this team better be ready to play tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of uh, spotlight, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and this whole mystery and soap opera of his shoulder injury or suspected shoulder injury, or is he just okay mentally? um continues to unfold in front of us who knows what's going to happen tomorrow i have no idea i hope that the kid can get out there and not be stage fright because i feel and i've shared this on a few shows and the Fanatical l show with steve the other night i feel like this kid's got stage fright yeah you know like when you get ready to go go on and perform on the big stage let's say of broadway or uh, uh, in the movies or whatever. And I remember when I was a kid, I was performing, getting ready to perform for a children's, uh, theater, uh, production. And we were doing the, uh, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. And I had one of the lead roles. I was going to be, I think, uh, the character Peter, you uh, maybe you've watched the movies on TV or in the theater or read the books. And, um, Peter had a pretty big role and I started out having that role. Well, I got nervous. I, you know, going out on the big stage, knowing that I was going to have to perform and uh, read my lines in front of hundreds of people that were watching in the audience freaked the freaked the crap out of me. Right. <laughs> so they gave me, they demoted me. I think I was 12 or 13 years old. I'll, I'll never forget that moment, but I know this is a little different. It's football, but I'm telling you guys, and I'm not the only Browns fan. That's that's thinking this. I, I just think that Deshaun is, is really got some issues going on. Um, and hopefully he can get those issues corrected pretty quick because tomorrow it's going to be live football. And, uh, I don't know, folks, it's going to be, everyone's going to be watching. I'll be up there at the stadium And um, anxious to see how the crowd reacts initially, because you know Watson's going to screw up. You know he's going to do something uh, probably early on, maybe throw an interception, maybe fumble the ball, and we'll see how he copes with that and moves forward. When he got in the game against the Colts two weeks ago, it, it just seemed weird and shaky, and then he got hit, and then all of a sudden he's not in the game. I'm hoping he's made some progress, but this is pretty scary when we're talking about this with a quarterback who's supposed to be so good and talented to be at this point in his career where honestly, I just think that's some stage fright. And uh, (laughs) we'll just, we'll play it out and be ready for anything, folks. We'll be bringing you a pregame show tomorrow morning. Steve Gill and I will be talking about this and many other things that are going to go into this Browns uh, game on Sunday. It's supposed to be pretty good weather up in Cleveland. It's supposed to be high in the uh, low f- uh, 50s. Uh, not a lot of wind. Uh, no rain is forecast, so that's good. So it should be a nice November fall uh, day up here in Cleveland. And uh, hopefully we'll come back with a win. We'll have a post-game show here on the Fanatical L's Network, and uh, hopefully all will be well. Um again, hey guys, thanks for joining us here on the Fanatic or on the Fanatical Elves Network and my Johnny Cleveland podcast. It's always a treat to uh, bring you my perspective on things. And uh, you know, we've been doing this show uh prior to even the Fanatical Elves Network and I uh, had an opportunity to um, visit with lots of different folks, and we'll have some more guests on uh soon. But um do want to give a shout out to our, our our friend and our guest who came on a few weeks ago, Bruce Hooley uh formerly of espn cleveland sports radio he works down here in columbus a lot on uh, various radio programming he's got his own podcasting and a variety of other things um i know he's uh, going through some medical uh, uh issues right now and our best wishes and prayers are with him as he begins this journey um To fight through this and uh we wish him the best so folks have a great rest of your evening it is turn back the clock day so make sure you uh turn back the clock tonight get that extra hour sleep i think it's 11 o'clock right now but you know what it's only 10 o'clock because i'm gonna roll back my clock everybody have a great night take care and remember to keep smiling take care everybody